It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 494 of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, April 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams. If there's a series you're really interested in in the first round of the playoffs, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On shows for both of the teams playing. You want to listen to... Locked on Blazers and Locked on Thunder to get ready for today's Game 1 in that series. They got you covered. Just go over there. You get a good local perspective on what's going on with each of those teams. And please, if you find a show on the network that you want to support, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Himalaya, which is a brand new podcast app, which we have a partnership with at the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's great for curating your own personalized podcast playlist. It's great if you're in the market for a new uh, podcast app, download Himalaya and uh, get that thing going. All right, on today's show, I'm joined by Vivek Jacob. Vivek, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Just, you know. <laughs> Stewing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like deja vu all over again. The morning after a game one loss. God. What else is new in my mind? <sighs> It's inexplicable. Of course, the Raptors lost game one of their first round series to the Magic 104-101 on a DJ Augustine game winning three with three and a half seconds left (sighs) where do we start here what was your biggest takeaway from the loss from the Raptors side of things the Magic side of things the entire game together what was your uh, what was the thing you were coming away from thinking about the most I mean, <laughs> aside from like just deep existential dread, <laughs> zero points. Um, yeah. It's hard for that not to be the biggest takeaway. Uh, yeah, it, it was just really frustrating on that part. I mean, I I, I know Kyle does other things, um, but you know, I, I wrote about how like with this team now, you know, with the way Kawhi can score, with the way Pascal can score, with the way Marcus All can facilitate, um, you know, that Lowry's scoring has, you know, the the need for his scoring has decreased significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so to just not get anything from him on that front is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Yeah. Like, in the first half, when he was, he was, when he was missing his shots, I was like, you know, those, those are good shots. Those are shots that you want him to take. And, you know, a couple of them went in and out. And, you know, you, you're totally fine with those. Um, and you're trying to stay by his side. And then he goes to the line and misses two. And <laughs> you're just like, what is going on? I mean, it's obviously not the narrative. Uh, to me, it's not the narrative of his playoff career. But, I mean, it's definitely the narrative of his game one. Uh, <laughs> uh 
yeah, he's at six game ones now, and I think it was Danny Chow that had the stat of, um, what's he at, like nine points a game, 26% from the field overall, 14% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's something about those game ones that, I don't know, it's just, it's really frustrating, I don't know how else to put it. It's so weird, and it really, really, like, I wrote this in my recap of the game yesterday. That Kyle is at once the easiest and most difficult person to defend. <laughs> like, he's he does so many good things. When he is clicking offensively, it's just undeniable how good he is. His impact on the court is just so obvious and clear and important to what the Raptors do, and it drives all their success. Even yesterday, everyone was harping on the plus 11. I mentioned it in my piece because you can't really not mention it. Like, they, they were better when he was on the floor yesterday. And, like, you could see it. The offense was a little more crisp. The offense runs better when he's out there, his vision, everything. Um, and Fred Van Vliet, I thought, was pretty poor in terms of his playmaking yesterday and, and sort of dictating the offense. He found his own offense, which was good, but, like, everything else was kind of uh, lackluster from him. And so, like, I, I was never, like, mad when Kyle was on the court, except for when he missed those seven shots and then those two free throws. And it's just like, come on, dude, I'm trying here. <laughs> like, I really want to defend you. And you deserve to be defended, but my God, you're not making it easy at all. And I don't know what it is. His shooting's been a little bit suspect for the last couple weeks now, kind of in line with that ankle stuff he was dealing with with both ankles. I don't know how much ankle injuries tie into shooting, um, but it is a little concerning and alarming that his shooting's fallen off after a couple really good months, after a couple really bad months, after a couple really good months before that. It's just it been a, a very roller coaster season for him from deep in particular. And, you know, he doesn't really drive to the basket as much to look for his own offense around the rim anymore. That's fine. And that might not be the way forward in this series as we'll get to because the Magic are just collapsing everything around the rim. But I... Uh, it's a little bit concerning. I don't think it's going to be a death knell for the Raptors in this series. I still think the Raptors are going to win this series. I wouldn't be shocked if they yeah. pulled off the douchebag sweep like our pal John Gotis predicted on this very podcast on Friday and win the rest of the games in the series. But if you're going to have any designs on making a finals, like he can't be doing this. He has, he has to provide some offense because like Pascal and Kawhi are excellent, and I think one of the new tenets of this team that you can kind of trust is that those guys are going to be good pillars of the offense. But you have to have a third guy in there at least. And if it's not going to be Marcus Gasol, which is not really what he's been asked to do with this team, he's been more of a facilitator, more of a guy who kind of ties everything together as opposed to a guy who's looking for his own offense. Like, Kyle's got to be that guy at some point. And I, uh, I, I think he'll come around. He always does. Like, he, I mean... <laughs> He had the shooting, like the emotional shooting, shooting session after game one against Miami and then went on and had a very, very good series against the Heat for the most part and like his best game ever in game seven of that series. So I don't think he's incapable of finding it again here, but yeah, it makes it really hard to defend. And as much as I disagree with the Kyle Lowry narrative that he's just bad in the playoffs because it's just simply not true. You can make an argument that this was his worst playoff game since like 2016 and obviously not an insanely high bar, but like he 
like he's been very he was really good last year except for the, the close-up game against Cleveland which is fine because no one cared about that game I didn't care about that game uh, he was bad in game one against Milwaukee if I recall but pretty good for the rest of that that playoffs until he got hurt in game two against Cleveland and then it's all the way back to like 2016 where he was really really bad in a lot of those games but also very good in a lot of those games so I don't know like obviously the Kyle Lowry's like the truth of what he is in the playoffs lies somewhere between the lol playoff Kyle Kyle Lowry memes and the like the ardent defenders and supporters and people who will die to protect his honor. Um, I think it's probably closer to the latter. I don't think he's like he's obviously very important to what the Raptors do, but goddamn it, dude, just get a bucket, please. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. so yeah. so hard to defend. Um, anything else on this before we dive into some other stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I I feel like I've praised Lowry enough to feel like you know in a situation like this there is no real need to defend him. I mean, mm-hmm. zero points is inexcusable in the playoffs, and I think we should just own that he had a bad game. Yeah. I mean, I I do think there is an element of you know you look at the plus minus, and I do think at times it can be overrated. I mean, the one th- the one thing I always talk about is you know people who always bring up plus minus. If you look at that game seven, when the Cavs beat the Warriors, you know, it was something stupid where Kevin Love finished with a plus 19, (laughs) Kyrie finished with like a plus eight, uh, LeBron James finished with a plus four. But if I asked you to pick two of those three for that game again, who are you, who's the one you're leaving out? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do think the plus minus can be a bit skewed at times. I thought, you know, outside of the shooting, there were a couple of really bad entry feeds that Lowry had. Um... And just things like that, you know, that can carry over in terms of your intensity, in terms of the focus. Um, and so I thought it, it was a frustrating performance from him, and you, he needs to shake that off going into Game 2. Uh, going into Game 2, if, if we want to move into more positive things, uh, we can see that playoff Kawhi is very real. Um, <laughs> the way he started the game, the, the fadeaways, uh, the pull-up three, and then the way he finished it, you know, tie, uh, tying the game with, with the three, and then the fadeaway uh, again. So uh, I thought that was really encouraging. I thought Siakam, you know, obviously Jonathan Isaac has given him problems uh, over the course of the regular season. So to see him come out and have uh, a strong game, started out slow. Uh, he was 5 for 14 at one point, but to finish uh, the way he did, and, you know, I thought there were some good adjustments in terms of getting him uh, some mismatches, getting him some switches on onto Terrence Ross at times. Even Nikola Vucevic, um, late in the game, we saw him get switched onto Evan Fournier. So um, I thought that was a good adjustment and just getting him off Isaac. So uh, those signs are encouraging. Um, and again, you 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 can sort of see the formulation of how close the Raptors are to their ceiling because mm-hmm. um, for the most part, you got wanted uh, what you wanted out of uh, the big names. Uh, again, there, there's going to be some bench struggles here with, um, with 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 a bit more inflexibility now for Nurse with the uh, OG out, uh, mm-hmm. especially against a team with Orlando with the you know as many wings uh, as they have, um, and so yeah, I, th- I think he might have to look at the rotations a little bit going forward. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good point. The, the, the rotations in this one were strange because yeah. I thought he did a pretty good job of making sure there were always like enough of the starters on the court to uphold the, the norms and the Freds and the Abakas of the world. But at the same time, right. he didn't play Kawhi more than 30, he played 33 minutes. And that felt yeah. a little weird. He, got, he mentioned after the game that he got into you know some stretches where it was, you know, he thought the lineup on the court was doing a good job and he didn't want to sort of pull the plug on that. And while I understand that to an extent, it's the playoffs, man. And I would rather be early pulling the plug on a sort of mishmash lineup than I, I that I'd want to be late. And, you know, I don't think it really burned them all that much. I don't think maybe maybe an extra two minutes for Kawhi makes a difference in this one. I thought Orlando was really good and defended extremely well, and that would have played across whatever lineups the Raptors were throwing out there, but it couldn't have hurt. And I, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer to see Kawhi only play 33 minutes. I don't think that's going to continue. Nurse said after the game he's going to look at it. He said he won't, doesn't imagine he'll play less than 35 in the next game. People are already freaking out about load management and all this stuff. I don't think that's a thing here. I think it was just like a weird, you know, sort of way the rotation broke, I guess. And it seemed like he really relied heavily on Siakam to uphold a lot of the mishmash lineups. Siakam played 42 minutes in this game. The next highest was Lowry and Green at 34. I wonder if maybe Siakam gets yeah. scaled down a little bit, just sort of spread those touches out um, with those in-between lineups a little bit better. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and like, you know, there was a couple times where, like, Gasol, for example, I thought maybe he was out there. Uh, you know, he, like there was, like, there would be stretches where it's like, huh, haven't seen Gasol in a while. Haven't seen a good screen set in a while. Why is yeah. Gasol not in here? He only played 32 minutes. I think you can scale him up a little bit. Um, there's definitely yeah. room for improvement there. Uh Sorry, did you have uh, something you wanted to throw in? Well, I mean, I I touched on this on the post game show for Yahoo Sports Canada, and you know, I, th- I think the one thing that really stood out to me is how important it's going to be to maintain rotations with size, mm-hmm. especially at the wing positions. And so, I think you've really got to look at this series and maybe say that uh, those Kyle, Kyle and Fred uh, lineups maybe aren't best suited. Uh, for this series mm-hmm. um, and, you know maybe you look to take out a Danny Green a bit earlier and bring him back with the bench and uh, you know I thought you know Jody Meeks I, uh, I thought was fairly positive in his time so maybe you can afford to take out Danny Green a bit earlier to have him uh, come in with the bench and give you that extra wing depth uh, that you're missing with uh, with OG out so uh, I think that's something that, that they'll have to consider Um and to your point, you know, Fred, he, he did a good job scoring-wise, but you can see how much he hurts you uh, on the glass when, you know, Orlando, they really look to attack and be physical with that. Um, so, you know, to have both Lowry and Fred in there, I think is tough. Yeah, that was an interesting thing the Magic did. Um, in the regular season, they were the 22nd-ranked team in offensive rebounding percentage. It wasn't a thing they really prioritized, but... It really seemed like they were making a concerted effort to crash the offensive glass. 
Um, and I guess that was helped by the small lineups the Raptors have thrown out there. But, you know, when you do that, you're taking away transition chances for the Raptors. And I didn't think the Raptors really got their trans- transition game going at all in this game. There were a couple times where Pascal would leak out. Um, but for the most part, they were bringing it up and going against the half-court defense, which is I, I don't think what they wanted to do. And certainly wasn't what yeah. they did in the game where they beat the Magic late in the regular season. I mean, they were running all over the Magic in that game. So, I mean, credit to Steve Clifford, who deserves a ton of credit, I think, for how the Magic played in this game and how prepared they seemed. Um, credit to Steve Clifford for, uh, for my eyes, you know, prioritizing crashing the offensive glass because that's a really good way to mitigate the Raptors, uh, you know, chances of running the other way. Even though I think they were only like 5 of 14 on second chance opportunities in the game, I still think, you know, anytime you get an offensive board that is going to actively detract from what the Raptors can do to you the other way. And so I yeah. thought that was good. Um, we should probably credit the Magic a little bit here. I, I know everyone's like, oh, look at the Raptors. They're so garbage, blah. But it's like, I don't know. The Magic played really well. Um, what were some yeah. of the things on top of the offensive rebounding that I just mentioned that you really liked that the Magic did that you think the Raptors are going to have to really work on cracking uh, going forward in the series? Um, so, so I think one thing that really stood out to me was uh, defensively, when, when the Raptors look to attack the paint, mm-hmm. uh, they're so confident in Jonathan Isaac, in Wes Wanu, in Aaron Gordon being able to help from the weak side, mm-hmm. um, where they're daring you to throw the skip pass, where they're daring you to not only make a great pass, um, to find shooters in their shooting pocket. Because if you throw a pass that's even slightly off, that is enough more than enough time for those guys to get back to them Mm -hmm. and so i thought there were a few times where if it was a perfect pass you know that shot from say a danny green or you know marcus or kyle lowry whoever you know that's going up but again you know the kick out came and then they weren't really able to get into their set shot and so the raptors were sort of resetting there so i think that's something that they have to look at. I thought overall, uh, the Raptors' decision making, uh, you know, in, in terms of attacking the paint, you know, in terms of mixing it up and finishing inside and kicking it out, I thought there was a pretty good mix there. Um, and the other thing maybe uh, that you look to do is, you know, I, I think just really respect this team. I thought I, I thought the way the game was coached and played at certain times, it, it just. I think there was an air of arrogance that they couldn't lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at this Magic team, yeah, they're really young. Um, they don't have much experience. Uh, but, you know, they they could have been a bit overwhelmed, um, you know, in stretches in that first quarter, and especially after that 22-2 to two run by the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But they held their own. And so they sh- they've shown that they have great conviction, great belief, uh, in what they're trying to execute both on both ends of the court. And I think the Raptors have to respect that now and really come out swinging in game two. Yeah, I'll certainly eat some crow on uh, <laughs> how I was feeling coming into the series. I was Arrogant season was definitely my mindset going in. And obviously the Magic played their asses off, and the Raptors did not quite do that over the course of 48 minutes after the game. Uh, both Nurse and Pascal kind of talked about the lack of defensive effort across 
the entire game, which, yeah, obviously was there. Um, there was a 30-7 to run for the Magic in the middle of the second quarter, which was uh, <laughs> pretty alarming. The Raptors, of course, responded to that with that big 22-2 to run that you mentioned, and it seemed like that kind of stabilized the game, and it, like the Raptors were just kind of hanging on from there. But, the, like again, credit to the Magic. Uh, they did a really good job, I thought, of just like making it hell whenever someone drove to the basket. Kawhi, in particular... They, you know, with all those limbs that they had between Isaac and Gordon and Vooch, like, they just collapsed down and they really made it difficult, uh, like you alluded to, for, like, any crisp pass to make it out to the perimeter. So, like, that was a big credit to them. And also, they didn't foul at all. The Raptors only got to the line 14 times in this game. They were 9 of 14, um, which was a little perplexing. Um, They didn't shoot particularly well from the line, which might have cost them the game in some ways. But, um uh, like the the magic don't foul. They're really disciplined. They and I didn't think there were any like really egregious miss foul calls either. Maybe a couple on Kawhi, but that's just kind of the story with Kawhi in most games because he's so hard to officiate because of everything we've talked about all season long with him and just how he's like wing Shaq and you can never really know what is a foul because he just moves people out of the way so easily. I mean, he had a play where he just like pushed Aaron Gordon aside. And uh, got in for a bucket in the second half, and it was just like, oh my god, like that guy's a freak. But um, I, uh, I, yeah, like the the Magic did a really good job. I think there are ways the Raptors can work around what the Magic were doing to them. I think one is definitely attack Vooch a lot. Shots, yeah, make shots because they did create a lot of good looks. They, I mean, in the first half in particular, they were what four sixteen from three to start, and I thought there were a lot of good looks there. Um, I also think attacking Vooch is going to be a thing they should be doing a lot more. In particular, there was a couple of plays where they ran like a 4-5 pick and roll with Pascal and, and Gasol, and Pascal mm-hmm. just like cruised to a bucket past Vooch. Um, what do you think of that sort of targeting Vooch uh, at all costs like as a way forward for the Raptors here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at what DJ Augustine said uh, after the game about that final shot. He was just like, "Yeah, I just, well, I was just, you know, we we just discussed that we wanted Marcus All on the pick and roll, and you you can see, uh, you know, that's what that's what good playoff teams do, right? They mm-hmm. they attack your weakness till you make some kind of adjustment. Um, and so I think the Raptors should definitely look to do that. Um, and on the uh, on the other end as well, you know, for the Raptors. At a certain point, you have to respect what DJ Augustine is doing and make mm-hmm. an adjustment to that pick and roll. Um, and you know, the, Gasol talked about some miscommunication with Kawhi on that final play. And I'm sorry, but trying to change how you defend that on the final possession where everything's uh, on the line—that's um, a bit too late for uh, for my liking. Yeah. I mean, he, he he gets up to 25 points there. I mean, once he's made the first few triples, he, this is a guy that shot 40 percent. Uh, from three for pretty much the last three, four seasons, you have to respect that and say, okay, we have to make an adjustment here. You know, the, the one thing is you, you look at the difference um, between, obviously both teams are dropping the big, um, but the extent to which the Magic do it, at least they're forcing you into one decision, which in mm-hmm. uh, which in some ways keeps them in control, right? They're, they're, they're either uh, showing high enough where um, the pass needs to be made, or they're sort of go, goading uh, the dribbler into uh, what they want. And so, um, 
I thought with the Raptors, there were too many occasions where Augustine is like, okay, do I want to dish here? Do I just want to go up myself? Um, And, you know, he he had a bit of that in-between game that also helped in sort of keeping the Raptors, um, I guess, second-guessing because there were times where he threw up a floater or he he went up with the mid-range. And that's something that Kyle and Fred have to be mindful of when they're running pick-and-rolls that, you know, when they're given that mid-range jump shot, they've got to be ready to take it. Mm Mm-hmm. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, uh, definitely some adjustments necessary against DJ Damian Lillard Augustine. Um, like, uh, yeah, that last possession was bizarre. I, I like the, I think good on Steve Clifford for not calling a timeout there, by the way. I, I appreciated that very much, and I thought that that led to the Raptors being a little bit discombobulated. Uh, and I, I guess what Nick Nurse described it as, although I'm not sure, he, he said he'd only seen the highlight once, but um, he said that Kawhi apparently thought it was a switch, and that was not what the plan was. Kawhi was supposed to go over the screen to stick, so that, the coverage was to go over, which I think is the right decision there, but Kawhi thought it was a switch, so he was going under to uh, you know make that facilitate the switch a little bit easier, I suppose, and Gasol didn't realize that Kawhi had made the mistake until too late, and that's why there was so much space for Augustine to get the shot up. And on one level, it's like, okay, execute there, please. Like, it's it's the time to get that right. On the other hand, it's two former defensive players of the year having a, a mix-up in a very inopportune time, and I'm not sure what you're supposed to do about that. It, it's, it was a weird one, and, uh, you know, credit to Augustine for making the shot. I will say... Augustine only had six points in the second half and was kind of taken out of it until that shot late in the game. And I thought Danny Green did a really good job on him when he got switched on to him as his primary guard. Um, did like? Yeah. Do you think that is going to just be the way they do the Augustine thing going forward here? I guess that makes it hard for like where you put Kyle. I guess maybe you hide Kyle on – I don't know if you want to put – Kyle on Fournier. I mean, maybe you can go to Fournier and just some post-up opportunities there, and then you laugh because that won't work for the Magic. But um, I, I do wonder. Maybe it, it's tough, right? I don't really know what the way forward is. If you can't have Kyle guard DJ Augustine, then it's it's a tricky series to try to hide him in. I guess. I don't. Do you get weird and try to hide him on like Jonathan Isaac, like and have Pascal just kind of roam and guard Gordon or Fournier or whoever? Um, it's it's a tricky question that yeah, I'm not really sure I have an answer that. to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, uh, if if they if they want to put Jonathan Isaac in the post against Kyle Lowry, I think that's the that's a win for the Raptors, right? So, yeah. um, those, those are the little things that you can look to do. Um, yeah, I think more than anything, uh, the rotations is what is where you, you got to manage where where and when you're hiding. Uh, Lowry, um, mm-hmm. again, he, he's a great team defender, so you can put it, put him in positions to sort of get in the lane and uh, take charges and that kind of thing, and uh, you know, 
be there for the board and sort of kickstart the Raptors transition game. Maybe maybe that's something that can help uh, as opposed to him being <clears throat> yeah maybe getting caught in these pick and rolls early. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I like the job that Danny Green did on him. Um, you know, a couple of times picked him up full court as well. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's something you do need to consider. Uh, defensively, uh, I think you know you, you already talked about Vooch. I thought that there were a bit too many open lanes for both Augustine and Fournier mm-hmm. um, overall. So again, you know, I think the Raptors really have to show higher. Uh, like the big can't drop that deep. I mean, Gasol, uh, I I don't know where his confidence is at uh, uh, in terms of stepping up that high, but I mean. It, to to drop as deep as he did, I I think it, you you should be able to expect more there. So mm-hmm. um, have him show a bit higher. Um, attack attack Vucevic uh, again um, on those pick and rolls and make him think twice. It's, you can't ask for more from uh, on the job they did on him defensively. I think it was eleven points, three for fourteen shooting. Uh, so you live with that. It sucks that he made that three late. I mean that's one where you know a guy struggling all game and then he <laughs> makes a shot like that. You kind of just you know, shrug your shoulders. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, obviously with the weight of all the game ones, uh, this this feels a little deeper, but um, I still think with all, with all the things that the Magic did well, there's still plenty that the Raptors can do to um, relatively comfortably win this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Vooch... He was three of fourteen. He's probably not going to be three of fourteen again. But I do think it's going to be difficult for him to be like a, like an offensive star in this series because I do think Gasol kind of has his number a little bit. And uh, you know, honestly, I got a little encouraged after the game when Steve Clifford was talking about Vooch and he's like, "Yeah, we got to get him some more post ups." And I was like, "All right, you want to give Vooch post ups? Do it. <laughs> that sounds good to me." Is like if a team is diverting their offense into post ups, I, I think I'm pretty cool with that. And um, this was kind of what I talked about on Friday with John on the podcast. Is like if Vooch is going to be posting up more, then, you know, in theory that leads to more help defense coming to collapse on him. Maybe you send some doubles his way. And I'm not really convinced outside of this game where the Magic shot 14 of 29 from three. I'm not really convinced any of their shooters outside of Augustine is really to be feared all that much. So maybe that's uh, like if the Magic are going to go and do that to try to get Vooch more involved, I think that's a positive development for the Raptors and how they'll go about defending Orlando uh, as opposed to having to sort of deal with that really heavy pick and roll attack. I don't know why the Magic would change it really, but uh, that's what Clifford said after the game. Um, in terms of positive stuff, we can wrap it here. What's like the, the most encouraging thing from this game that you're using to sort of talk yourself into the, the Raptors being very much okay in this series. And by the way, I know there's like a lot of people freaking out, but the Raptors, per Jacob Goldstein's model, are still 80% like have an 80 percent chance to win the series. Uh, and in five, six, or seven, it's all about 27, 28 percent. It's all you know they're they're most likely to win this series. It's always been the case. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of like post game one takes going on out there. The Sixers are in shit right now and they should probably be not playing Joel Embiid and their medical staff is malfeasant and very bad. Uh, And obviously the Nuggets lost as well. So the Raptors aren't alone in their 
uh, post-game one torment, but I don't know. Is, is there something from what the Raptors did in game one that gives you supreme confidence going forward? Like the most encouraging little nugget that you can uh, share with us here? Yeah, uh, Kyle Lowry's not going to average zero points <laughs> for the series. So, you know, I, I think it, I think the fact that it, it was a tie game and the Raptors had, had a chance to win it um, proves that Kyle Lowry scoring now really is gravy, right? Like, yeah. you, you need it. Um, but, again, Nick Nurse had the quote, of, you know, if he, if he scores four or 34, the Raptors uh, have a chance to win. Um, mm-hmm. And if he scores four in this game, the Raptors do win. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think that's the encouraging part part where where the bar for the need for Lowry scoring is so much lower than it needed to be that you you expect uh that this this won't be an issue going forward yep uh, except for game one yeah (laughs) game one against the nets will be a nightmare again um god that series is weird the sixers are negligent and bad uh my (laughs) most encouraging thing is we talked about it off the top, and we've kind of alluded to it throughout the game, but holy shit, man. Kawhi Leonard is so good. <laughs> um, I know he screwed up defensively at the end. That's disappointing, and his defense has not been at the same supreme level that it's been you know, the, his entire career, although he was still voted the, most, uh, the best defender in the league on the athletics player poll because I still think in a single possession, I'm, I'm probably taking Kawhi to defend a guy over anyone else in the league at this point. But, uh, yeah, like, he's just, he's so comforting. It just makes you feel so good when he's got the ball in his hands. The first game, the first possession of the game, he rises up for a mid-range jumper and it goes, and it's just like, oh, yeah, this guy's here. And then he has 11 points by the time you blink, and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is is a different kind of monster. And then he hits that game-tying shot late in the game. Um, In addition to that three, he hit there, too, and it's just like, you feel... I don't want to disparage DeMar DeRozan anymore. I'm sick of it. I know I made a bad and mean DeBend DeSimmons joke yesterday. <laughs> it's uh, I don't want to disparage DeMar, but Kawhi is so good that it makes it hard not to. And I think he is only going to continue to ramp it up, and that gives me a lot of confidence because as well as the Magic played and as feisty as they are and as strong as their defense is, they don't have a Kawhi. They don't have anything close to a Kawhi, and that will ultimately be the difference in the series for me. Um, I'm still going to stick with my arrogant uh, ways and say Raptors in five from here on out. Um, has uh, you Did you pick Raptors in five as well, right? Are you sticking to that? I picked the Raptors to sweep. Oh, so. oh, yeah, oh me too. Okay. We, we were the only people not cowardly enough to, to, to pick a sweep. So <laughs> I uh, – um, But yeah. So where are you at now then? So much. Um, I am going to say, yeah, I'm gonna go with five games as well. Hell yeah! I, I still think, uh, I still think you look at you know, all the things that happened for the Magic in this game. I mean, you know, if Michael Carter Williams is gonna continue to make more threes than Kyle Lowry, then I don't know. <laughs> then yeah, then, then obviously that's a big problem. But I don't anticipate that continuing. So, uh, yeah, Raptors in five. Yep. Uh, sounds good to me. The Orlando people will be very mad. There are some very nice Orlando Magic Twitter people. 
There's also many that I've already blocked. <laughs> uh, it's a real mixed bag, as it is with most online fan groups. I still maintain Bucks Twitter is the nicest group of Twitter people I've ever come across. Um, might be different in a conference final situation if that comes to that, but um, be more like Bucks Twitter, I guess. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it. Vivek, thanks for so much for coming on, man. Where can people check you out? Do you have anything to plug right now? You can find all my work uh, at Yahoo Sports Canada. I just did a story on Siakam's Game 1, which mm-hmm. was one of the few bright spots. And so, yeah, head there to check it out. And you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. On Siakam, quickly, uh, he had two dunks. One of them was like a two-handed monster cram between like three dudes. Uh I know it's important for Siakam to figure out how to shoot, uh, like off the dribble and mid-range and stuff like that, to really enhance his game, but uh, I would be okay if he just spent his entire summer becoming a dunk contest guy. <laughs> just like, just trying weird shit, because he's got it, man. He usually, he's kind of a delicate dunker a lot of the time. He's so smooth that he doesn't really, uh, he's not really violent when he dunks. I think he has it in him, though. He should do it. And uh, be in the dunk contest, because that would be great. He'd be the first big man to ever be good at the dunk contest, uh, because Blake Griffin was trash and shouldn't have won. Anyway, uh, you can find me at Woodley Show. had an underrated dunk contest. He did! He got, him and DeMar both got robbed in that year by Blake. And yeah. who was the other one? Was it Nate Robinson that year? Um, it's usually Nate Robinson, I, don't know. I find. Robinson's but... had so many dunk times that like, it's hard to <laughs> put it all together. Yeah, uh, Damar and Surridge both got robbed. But anyway, that's a podcast for another day. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe, rate, and review Lockdown Raptors on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Himalaya, which is a great new podcast app that you can check out and uh, personalize your own podcast playlists. If you're in the market for a new podcast app, that's the one to do it with. And uh, I wrote the recap yesterday for the for game one at Raptors HQ if you want to read that. And I will have something for game two as well at some point. So stick around for that as well on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday whenever I get around to writing it. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.